Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today, it is March 4th, 2022. On today's show, we're going to look at the Big 12 players that are in the 2022 NFL Combine. Uh, we already have some results. We'll look at those, but do a, a really a bigger dive on Monday, but just want to talk about the combine, the guys who are there, and really about the lack of Big 12 players at the top that we're seeing of a lot of draft boards. Yes, we'll get some guys that are going to go high, but not enough guys for the conference, and so we'll discuss those things. Also, we are going to hit on the Big 12 slate of games this weekend. It is the final Saturday in regular season play. Every team has one game remaining after the Kansas TCU game last night, so we'll preview the full slate of games this weekend. Busy, busy show. Busy show. All right, so let's get into it now. NFL Scouting Combine is going on right now in Indianapolis. Next week, we're going to be talking about to uh, my friend Zach Berman of U Stadium. He is there, and I told him to keep a special eye on some of the Big 12 guys for us. Um, but really, I want to start this conversation with, you know, as we turn our, our attention now to the NFL draft, um, Vinny Iyer over at Sporting News did a two-round mock draft. And not to say, you know, he is the preeminent draft expert, but I wanted to find a two-round mock so we could look and see what some experts, you know, once again, this is not set in stone, but one what some experts think we can expect in terms of Big 12 players being drafted and the first round for him you can go check this out this this nfl two-round mock is, is a few days old but the first big 12 player he's got getting drafted is perion winfrey uh so he's got perion winfrey from oklahoma being drafted let me see exactly where he's got him perion winfrey at 43 to the atlanta falcons and then you go down the rest of the way you really just don't see any Big 12 talent. Sure, Jalen Petrie uh, might be there in that mid to late second round. I definitely think he's a player of that caliber. Nick Benito, another player from that front. But those are the three players that he's got right now from the Big 12 conference going in the first 64 picks of the NFL draft. And with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, we really just hope they those things begin to, to change. You know, it's nice to see... Uh, there's a good amount of players. You know, Cincinnati uh, has got some guys up there. Uh, I saw a player from Houston, I believe, up there. So hopefully uh, those schools can come in and help and contribute. But off the top, when you're talking about Big 12 players getting drafted, you know, there's 35 guys in the Big 12 who are at the NFL Draft Combine. And we're not talking about any of them as top-tier guys, as even late first-round guys. Um, my opinion that Brees Hall is the best running back, but will somebody take him? In that spot, uh, you know, I don't know. I think Perrion Winfrey is the guy because of the senior bowl that he had that could play him, or you know, when he has a nice combine, can get himself uh, into the into the you know first round maybe. But it really does not feel like it's going to be a, a Big Twelve player that we're going to see in the first round. And obviously, once the draft happens, you know, that might confirm it. Um, and also for the long term health of the Big Twelve, well, seeing that it's not going to be a guy most likely from one of the remaining Big Twelve schools. Is, uh, is, you know, can be a bit concerning. And also, you know, it feels like with the amount of talent Texas is accumulating right now that they are going to be able to put some guys 
on the off, uh, hopefully in the offensive and defensive lines into the league. But Texas had a player development issue for a long time until we see it actually manifest itself. We just have to keep, you know, I guess, assuming that their talent, you know, is not there. And Tom Herman got a lot of talent, did not develop them through. We'll see if Steve Sarkeesian can develop that talent. He definitely has it. They've got it in bunches and bunches, but can he get them through? Can they break through? Can they get to the league and be top-tier draft picks? We will see. All right, I'm going to go through all the players from the Big 12 schools so you guys all know who we're watching um, this week and have been watching already. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Run Your Pool. If you guys are interested in running your bracket pool this year, Run Your Pool is the best way to do it. You're not going for the usual. You're going for the best. We've done our homework, and we're here to tell you that runyourpool.com is the best place to do it, along with standard brackets. Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun kind of in their own way. They have options to edit scoring. They offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff that you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain some customers. So go to runyourpool.com slash locked on. Enter the code pure madness. That's P-U-R-E-M-A-D. N-E-S-S, Pure Madness. Get $10 off when you start at Run Your Pool. All right. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 35 players from the Big 12 are in the uh, are in the scouting combine. Nice representation from Baylor, who's got Kalen Barnes as a defensive back, Jalen Petrie as a defensive back, and JT Woods as a defensive back. Also on defense, linebacker Terrell Bernard. Running backs, Treston Ebner. And also, he's going to be a special teamer. You know, that's a guy that could be a game-breaker on special teams. And running back, Abram Smith. It's, it's cool to see those two guys as skill position players there. And also, Tyquan Thornton. Dear Lord, not sure if you all saw what a, uh, I mean, what a night he had on Friday night running a 4-2-1 which I believe they, they did confirm it, uh, to beat John Ross and to set the record for the fastest 40-yard combine. Uh, you already seen articles. Who is Tyquan Thornton? Meet the wide receiver who threatened to break the NFL combine record. Now, they, they confirmed it at a 4-2-8. So it was bumped to a 4-2-8. Um, I think they, let's see, John Ross... Uh, his 40 time was a 4-2-2. Then I clocked him at a 4-2-1. So he threatened to break it, but he did not. But still, 4-2-8 is absolutely blazing speed for Tyquan Thornton. So uh, amazing stuff to see him run that fast. And I I'm watching him. I'm, I'm going to be watching Abram Smith. I think Abram Smith's interesting 
to NFL scouts because of the limited time he's playing running back, or he has played running back, I should say. So there's a lot of untapped potential there. Also, limited hits. Now, you can say, well, he did play linebacker, but yeah, there's a reason why he converted over to running back. It's because the linebacker thing, uh, you know, was not going as well. It's the guy, you know, in the college ranks who really only has, let's see, 56 total tackles in his college career. So the fact that Tyquan Thorne, Abram Smith goes and makes the change to running back, and then you see him now, you know, he's a guy that got 257 attempts this year for 1,600 yards and 12 scores. Uh, He's going to have to develop that receiving part of his game, but as a pure running back, I'm interested to see what the scouts think of him and how he does this week. Very good athlete. Abram Smith is at 5'11", 221, so a big kid. Uh, And then also... I want to see Terrell Bernard, right? Such a good player in the Big 12. Uh, And we already saw Jalen Petrie explode and have his moments at the Senior Bowl. I want to see what Terrell Bernard can do and if he can impress the scouts. Next up, we've got Iowa State on the docket. They send six players, which was expected. We knew they'd have a good uh, representation considering how many quality older guys they had. Tight ends Chase Allen and Charlie Kolar, along with quarterback Brock Purdy. Running back, Brees Hall. Uh, also, on the defensive end, they're going to get Mike Rose. And then Awazarike at defensive line is representing the Cyclones there as well. I've got my eye on Chase Allen. We all know how good Charlie Kolar is. He is a big man, and he ran a good time yesterday uh, and looked pretty athletic. And then, uh, So I want to see, can Chase Allen kind of uh, be a guy that shows out pretty well? Because it's not a deep tight end class. Maybe he can add to it. And then also Brock Purdy, right? Can he position himself to, to go in the later rounds and to be a quarterback? Because I think we all talked about early in his career the level of talent that we know Brock Purdy has and really never felt like he lived up to that standard that he set earlier on. Well, he's going to have a chance here at this scouting combine to make a good accounting of himself, to uh, you know to be a later guy, and then you know, I think he's going to have a career as a backup, hopefully, and maybe even get in the starter, and we'll see if he can develop himself down the line. Next up, Kansas State. They send one player. It's Skylar Thompson. I think a lot of the questions here, and we talked about this. I did a, a, a Skylar Thompson appreciation episode. He's older. He is very mature. This is somebody that, am I positive he's going to get drafted? No, but if he does... It's going to be late, and it's going to be in the same capacity as a Sam Ellinger. Um, Sam Ellinger is somebody that was beloved by teammates that is known to be a very strong leader. And with that strong leadership, it's just something you can depend on. Dependability is key for backups. Sure, quality might be lacking there, yes. And I'm not sure how Skylar Thompson's game translates. But somebody that you know what he brings to you, that kind of gives you some options because he can run the ball. Somebody that, you know, is, has got tons of experience, not the NFL level, but I, I think this is somebody that can be a decent backup, quality locker room guy that people like. And when he comes into the game, there's a belief in him because he's got that likability around. Natural leadership as well. Keep making sure that if he's called into a certain situation, nobody's freaking out because we know this, we trust this guy. This guy has built it up. Like, if Sam Ellinger is thrown to the game, sure, maybe playing abilities, you don't trust him. But I think as a teammate, as a person, you know the kind of kid, the kind of fellow, the kind of guy you're getting. And that's got a that's value, I think. So, 
maybe limited skill set, maybe limited, you know, pro skill set as we see it right now, but definitely somebody as a player and as a, as, as, as a leader, you know what he brings to the table. He brings so much value in that experience. Next, we have Oklahoma, who unsurprisingly bring the most players from the Big 12 with 11 to the combine. So on the defensive side, they're going to bring Brian Osamoa at linebacker. They bring Nick Benito on the defensive line, as well as Isaiah Thomas and Perrion Winfrey. Defensive back, they're going to bring Delarian Turner-Yell. On the offensive side, Gabe Burkich as a kicker. Kennedy Brooks is going to play. He's a running back, obviously. Jeremiah Hall, the H-back baby, is going to be there on the offensive line. It's going to be Marquise Hayes, Tyrese Robinson, and Mike Woods at wide receiver, who made a really nice snag yesterday in the combine. Perrion Winfrey, let's just see if he can keep kind of hitting this scouting circuit well and boost himself up. I think a lot of people also are curious to see what Brian Osamoa does. This is this is a guy that I think a lot of people feel like in terms of an NFL translation, this guy just translates better to the pro game. So I want to see. But Oklahoma, once again, unsurprisingly, with the most Big 12 representation there, 11 guys. And I, I miscounted earlier. It's 36 total, I believe, at this point. They're going to be, they're going to be bringing total, the, uh, the, the Big 12. Oklahoma State brings three. It's Colby Harbell Peel, Malcolm Rodriguez, and Jalen Warren. So defensive back, uh, safety, and, and Colby Harbell Peel. Malcolm Rodriguez and Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's got a lot of wear and tear on him, so we'll see what they think because it feels like he slowed down down the stretch. We'll see what he tests physical-wise. I'm not expecting him to be too explosive. Malcolm Rodriguez, I just want to see, you know, if he can show scouts. You know, he's just somebody that that leaps off the tape, but maybe he's not going to leap off the testing numbers. Um, so I, I want to see with that, uh, you know, what they do. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Colby Harvell Peel guy, so I think it's going to be kind of standard stuff. Uh, as, as far as he has considered. All right, going down the list, uh, TCU just brings one. It's Obina Eze, offensive lineman, so just one there. Texas brings two, Cameron Dicker and Josh Thompson. I think we're going to see more special teamers like Cameron Dicker into the league. Texas Tech, three players, Dawson Deaton on the offensive line, Eric Ezenkama and Demarcus Fields. Eric Ezenkama, man, um, this is a guy who caught passes from a lot of different quarterbacks and was still effective. He is a big guy. He's got a good frame. I think this is somebody that's going to succeed at the next level. I think Ezekama has really productive NFL wide receiver written all over him, just with the way he was able to. I know the offenses were always conducive to it, but he always stepped up and was able to, to make big plays no matter who was throwing him the football. And then West Virginia brings one player as well, Letty Brown. Love the fact that he was a horse in college. Once again, we're easy with the carry numbers. But this is a guy that you can just give the ball to and feel really good about. Um, you know, you think about that production kind of game in and game out at West Virginia. Guy was a horse for multiple years. You know what you're getting. Not a huge guy, 5'11", 216, you know, decent size. But, you know, 91 carries in 18, 107 in 19, 199 in 20, 223 in 2021 and he had 2,000 yard seasons just got better and better and better as time went on you know more dependable and uh, and also a guy who could catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays too so you know maybe not uh, much more potential for him there but a finished product and a decent player is what you're getting in Letty Brown so those are all the big 12 players that will be in the NFL combine we'll take a look back once the week is over on those guys and see how they did now 
we're going to look ahead and we are going to uh, look at this weekend's Big 12 basketball slate and preview that. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. You guys go to BetOnline, you can find the best odds for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer. Uh, you know, they got futures there as well. Vegas casino games, Olympic sports, even the Olympics are over. I'm sure they've got, you know, curling odds when curling comes back around once again. Anything you want to get in on the action on, they've got there. So go to BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, so Saturday in the Big 12, we hit the final regular season games. Now, it's interesting right now. Uh, last night, we had TCU fall in a really competitive, close game to Kansas. And uh, I have not done a show since TCU's first win just because I've been out of the country. So I've been, you know, uh, doing various things, enjoying the uh, enjoying the sun here in the Dominican Republic with my family. Um, but I want to let you all know that, like, when I think about, like, what happened on Tuesday, like, just give TCU their props. And last night, too. They never won in uh, Allen Fieldhouse, and they had a shot there at the end. Not sure why Mike Miles went for a layup when he clearly should have been um, shooting a three, but, um, you know, this TCU getting that win on Tuesday night basically booked them a ticket. On Saturday, they got a tough game against West Virginia, which we'll get to, but this was a season where many felt they had to to, uh, make the NCAA tournament to kind of make sure this Jamie Dixon experiment it, not really experiment, the, the Jamie Dixon experience is worth it. Make sure the Jamie Dixon reign, you know, is something that is, is on the right track. And um, it is, you know, they had, a, they had a rough patch in the middle, but they get to 19 and 10. Right now they would be the uh, the six, uh, the five seed, excuse me, if the Big 12 tournament started today. So a, a really nice season from Jamie Dixon's group after bringing in a lot of new players. The big story is they're basically in, you know, if they can just split these last two, there's no worries. Even if they lose both their last two, I think they're going to be in a fine a fine condition. Uh, but a win against West Virginia on Saturday would certainly basically all, all but seal that up for them. Uh, and I don't think they want to go into the tournament on a you know three-game losing streak. The, the big story here is the Big 12 title is still up for grabs. And, and also, TCU, while they, they pushed Kansas to the brink last night, if Kansas loses that game, Baylor just needs a win, and they're your regular season Big 12 champions. Um, as far as the actual, like the title itself goes, if both of them win, they will share the 2021, or excuse me, 2022 Big, Te- uh, Big 12 title. Uh, we had shared titles last two of them, where in uh, Kansas State and Texas Tech shared back in 2019. And then in 2013, Kansas and Kansas State shared one. Baylor would win a share of the Big 12 championship, as would Kansas, if both were to win. Now, the way the tiebreak works for the number one seed in the Big 12 tournament, you go down the line of teams in the standings. So whoever finishes third, that's going to be uh, Texas Tech. You look at their records, Baylor and Kansas's records against them. Kansas is 1-1. One and one. Baylor is 0-2. Oh Texas Tech swept Baylor. If you guys remember, they played earlier in the year um, in uh, at Baylor, and Baylor got a win at the Farrell Center. Baylor, Baylor lost, excuse me. That game. So 0-2 for Baylor uh, against Texas Tech, and then 1-1. Now, Kansas did almost get swept by Texas Tech 
Oshai Baji to the rescue in that game where he was just absolutely bananas. Amazing double overtime game. That will get KU the number one overall seed in the Big 12 basketball tournament if these two teams were to finish tied. Now, obviously, there is still business to take care of on Saturday. So as I say that, let's take a look at this weekend's Big 12 slate. At 2 p.m. Eastern time, so 1 Central on ESPN+, Plus. it's West Virginia, 14 and 16, 3 and 14 in the Big 12, hosting TCU, who is 19 and 10, and 8 and 9 in the Big 12. It's a chance for TCU to get to 500 in conference and get that 20-win benchmark in the regular season, which would be a great accomplishment and show progress for them from last season to this season. So West Virginia, you know, they've just been downhill. It's so hard to pick them to win any basketball game um, at this moment in time. They've lost at this point, I think it's eight straight is what they're looking at uh, right now, seven straight right now. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, seven straight. They have not won since a home game against Iowa State, and they were on a separate uh, seven-game losing streak as well before that. So West Virginia really just has been uh, so challenged in the Big 12 Conference getting wins this year. I think that continues just to a lack of depth. Um, you know, I know I normally pick the home teams, but I feel like TCU in this one, just they're playing so well right now. Even that loss last night, kind of on a mission. All right, 2 o'clock Central Time, also on ESPN+. Plus is number 12, Texas Tech, who are 23-7, and 12-5 in the Big 12 Conference, going on the road to Gallagher-Iber Arena to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who are 14-15, and 7-10 in the Big 12, but still feels like the least disappointing 14-15 and 15 that you could find, considering the circumstances, considering the conference that they played, and this team has elevated their play, and I think they love to end their season with an upset. So I, I think that's going to be, and this this is Oklahoma State Super Bowl. I mean, they got, they got a chance to pick off a top 15 team at home to end their season because they will not be in the Big 12 basketball tournament next week. So I, I'm expecting a really close matchup there. We'll see how, if Kevin McCullough looks like he's good enough to, you know, to, to go and, and to start because getting him healthy is key for Texas Tech right now. At uh, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, this is the big one on the slate uh, on Saturday. Number 21, Texas, who are 21 and 9, 10 and 7 in the Big 12. And then it is Kansas hosting them. Uh, Kansas, as we know, 24 and 6, number 6 in the country, 13 and 4 in the Big 12, and need a win to keep their Big 12 title hopes uh, alive. Or, or a, you know, obviously if they were to lose, a Baylor loss would need to come along with that. So this is an interesting game because I think at times Texas has looked really sharp uh, as of late, and there have been times where Texas has looked not so sharp as of late. They are a Jekyll and Hyde group, really have not put it fully together, have remained in that back half of the top 25, still 10-7 in the conference, and Chris Beard's good year, or uh, Chris Beard's first year. I, th- I think it's still pretty decent. I think it's still, we consider it a, a semi-successful year. But Kansas at home, I, I know they've allowed teams like TCU to play them close there at home. I think KU takes care of business in this game. I think they know they have to continue to play uh, better basketball because they have not been great as of late. I mean, they almost lost three straight games, uh, you know, and, and Bill Self usually rarely loses two in a row, almost lost three straight. Uh, they need to get back on track here and start playing better basketball 
and they need to show their defense. Their, their defense needs to somewhat try to you know match the quality of, of Texas because we know how good of a defensive group Texas can be. All right, at three o'clock Central Time on ESPN Plus, it's Oklahoma sixteen and fourteen, six and eleven in the Big Twelve at Kansas State fourteen and fifteen, six and eleven in the Big Twelve. Look, if OU wants to keep any hope of making the tournament without winning the Big 12 outright, which I think they probably have to do, they've got to win this game. That's kind of the big story on this. And then Bruce Weber's final stand, it feels like, continues. I, I think Kansas State, though, on, on senior night, gets a win here. 5 o'clock on ESPN2, Iowa State, who just got trounced. Uh, they're 20-10, and 7-10 in the Big 12. Um, absolutely getting trounced at home and just a horrible offensive performance along with great defense. Oklahoma State. Uh, they go to Baylor. Baylor is 25 and 5, number three in the country, and 13 and 4 in the Big 12. Senior night for them as well. I, I look, I think this thing goes one way, I think it goes Baylor's way. I think Baylor is just on fire right now with how well they're playing, how this small group is coming together. They've had a nice little break, it feels like, right? The last time they played was Monday. So they're getting from Monday night all the way until Saturday night off as a break, I think that's going to do the Bears a lot of good. They'll be well-rested. They'll be ready to go. And so I think, you know, you're seeing these breaks while they're playing really well. The big thing for Baylor is getting or staying healthy, keeping the small group healthy. So while, you you know, you might want to stay hot, for them, I, I disagree. I think it's all about, I mean, you want to stay hot, yes, obviously. But it's all about staying, uh, you know, in one piece. Because if they lose one more guy, if they lose somebody – out of the group of uh, Akinjo and Thamba and Flagler and Meyer and Sohan. I mean, if they even lose Bonner at this point in time, if they were to lose any of those guys, they would be in really rough shape. I mean, if they were to lose Akinjo, Bonner, Kendall Brown, uh, Flagler, um, you know, any of those guys, Meyer, Sohan, like they would be in, in really rough, uh, really rough position as they head down into the Big 12 tournament. So hoping that they can, in the NCAA tournament, so hoping that they can stay healthy. That's the big thing for them, but I still think they're going to be in fine condition. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. And then you guys also can find the show on YouTube. We'll be back with videos next week. Make sure you check us out uh, wherever you guys get your podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, all those nice things. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Till next time, as always, stay safe.